Section three of a short description of Tor Abbey by Hugh Robert Watkin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Church Tower. The blocks of fallen masonry are all that remain of the south side of the tower which surmounted the crossing of the church. The north side and greater part of the structure must have fallen first and been taken away. Looking at the ruins from the nave or west side, the large block with two detached, formerly superposed pieces fell from the top of the wall on our right and originally formed the southwest corner of the tower. The arch, part of which can be seen resting on the ground, once crossed the nave. The height of this arch at the apex from the floor was approximately 38 feet to the spring of the arch from the wall 25 feet and the span 25 feet 6 inches the side or transept arches were 19 feet 6 inches wide and were thus narrower smaller and not so high as those over the nave the transept arches were not in the centre of the north and south sides of the tower but sprang from the east corners in each case leaving a blank wall six feet wide to the west in the north and south sides of the crossing. This space would be occupied by the cannon's stalls, which extended westwards to the rood screen. If we now view these ruins from the chancel or east side, we notice two detached blocks, which formed the southeast corner of the tower. The lower piece, lying nearest to the south transept, in falling rolled partly over and shows the commencement of two arches the pilastered arch in the side facing us spanned the chancel the smaller one almost prone with the ground and resting on the step formed the entrance from south transept into the crossing the second block is turned almost upside down the end now uppermost being in reality the base which rested on the first piece this block shows us the design of the tower, which was square with diagonal buttresses four and a half feet wide at the corners, in this respect resembling the structure of the tower of Cockington Parish Church, the buttresses of which are smaller. Underneath is the south-east inside corner of the tower, and in the wall are to be seen recesses ten inches wide and three feet six inches apart which held vertical beams part of the wooden support to the belfry floor access to the belfry was obtained from the newelled stairway in the sacristy over the groined ceiling and under the roof of the south transept the height of the tower was about seventy feet the chancel only the south wall of this part of the church remains the material of the other walls has been requisitioned for use elsewhere, and so carefully removed that only the signs of mortar remain in the ground to show where the wall once stood. As the subsoil is tenacious and firm, the foundations were laid very little below the original surface of the ground. The accumulated debris was removed from this part of the church to fill in the fish pond about the year 1770 and the present level of the ground is rather lower than the original floor 
as shown by the stone coffin which is doubtless in its original position in the centre of the chancel before the high altar the coffin was made in three superposed sections of purbeck marble the top section is missing and would be level with the surface of the tiled floor the length six feet eight inches inside suggests that the occupant was a man of no ordinary dimensions we know from the cartularies or deed books of the abbey that william brewer the younger died in twelve thirty two and was buried in the church the abbey was founded within twelve months of the return from austria of the hostages for the ransom of king richard i and as the eldest sons of the noblest in the land were sent on that occasion it is surmised that the abbey was founded in fulfilment of a vow by william brewer as a thank-offering for the safe return of his only son william brewer the founder and beatrice his wife were buried in dunkerswell abbey there can be little doubt therefore that this stone coffin once held the remains and the lid was probably carved with the arms effigy or title of william brewer the younger the south-east corner of the remaining piece of wall shows us the dimension of the east window occupying almost the whole end of the church the ashlar jamb of another light in the south wall is also noticeable the remains of a buttress outside give the dimension of this window as approximately seven feet wide the succeeding bay would be filled with a similar window there is no trace of piscina or sacrarium in this wall the north transept the east wall of this wing has been almost entirely removed and great difficulty was experienced in proving the foundation the absence of this and of the north and east walls of the chancel is very suggestive of the direction in which the stone was required for what building is not known part of the west wall covered with trees and vegetation is all that is left above ground of the north transept in the northwest corner of this wing the masonry is only just under the surface and as the ground throughout the site rises gradually towards the north and the debris from the fallen walls has at this point been left level with the ground of the former cemetery outside there are consequently nearly five feet of wall between the level of the church floor and the ground on which we stand this piece of wall is the best preserved of the whole edifice as it still retains plaster and whitewash just as when the last service was held in the church this fact seems to point to the destruction of the greater part of the building having taken place soon after the dissolution the masonry of this northwest corner including buttresses measures seven feet by eight feet six inches the north wall continues just under the surface for twenty-three feet and there terminates abruptly in an irregular end as no continuation could be traced beyond a complete excavation of this corner was necessitated and by following the level of the floor to where the clay and slate ended in the rubble of the removed wall the second jamb of a doorway was traced leading into cemetery from the north transept through which the cannons would be carried for the last time 
of this northeast corner of the north transept only a small piece of the outside masonry remains six feet under the present surface a small boar's tusk was found outside the wall and inside on the floor level two adjoining pieces of red and black glazed tile in the very corner were some of the broken fragments of a stained glass window these and other relics of the abbey found by the writer are by the kindness of colonel lucius carey now deposited in the museum of the torquay natural history society the fragments of glass were so small and decomposed that it was impossible to ascertain the subject of the window but from the character of the ornamental detail of the vertical shafting of a canopy and the nature of the colouring it has been stated by an expert to date from the middle of the fifteenth century the line of the east wall of north transept was ascertained by excavating a trench inside the transept and following the level of the floor until it ended in indisputable signs of where the wall had been having reached floor level at this point the writer was anxious to ascertain if the bedrock was far under the surface removing a little of the red clay a piece of cleanly fractured limestone about six to eight inches long was encountered adjoining this lay another piece and thus a whole row running east to west the fragments of limestone were neatly laid one above the other without mortar and at the depth of two and a half feet below the church floor and six feet under the present surface the skeleton of a man six feet four inches in height was reached the tomb was seven feet four inches long two feet six inches wide and was not at right angles to the wall but rather due east by the sun the skull was exceedingly thin dolichocephalic with rather narrow frontal and measured twenty-one and a half inches nothing was found with the skeleton to assist in identifying the tomb two fragments of broken green tile found in the sandy clay proved the interment to be subsequent to the flooring of the church several pieces of finely carved stone found in the trench above one representing almost a full-size hand suggest a handsome shrine having once occupied this spot leland mentions that a certain peter fitzmatthew was buried in the church as this is the only interment noticed by leland it is not improbable that his attention was especially attracted by the shrine peter fitzmatthew gave black orton one of the earliest and most valuable grants to the abbey there is reason to think therefore that this undoubtedly early tomb is that of this benefactor end of section three